Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. (laughs) Hi, Jenna. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. I know. That's a long time. Not even joking this time. It's been hard. Nell was making fun of us on her podcast. What? In a really sweet way. Anthony was like making fun of how she says hi every time. She's like, hi there. (laughs) And she's like, well, I'm just trying to be like Jenna and Beth. They were just sitting next to each other, but they always say hi like they hadn't seen each other. Well, and this time it's for real. Okay. But sometimes we really haven't. Totally. You're just like running down the stairs. Hey, Literally, I have this time. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to fall down the stairs. I'm running so fast. <sighs> Man, those stairs are very scary. Lethal. Yeah. Okay, so I just did a talk recently for this really cool thing called The Creation Project. And in it, I was sharing about how I was reading a book about atheism when I was a young adult and how it was really affecting my life. And I was like flirting with atheism and not believing in God anymore. And Mike spoke some truth to me and I threw the book away as per his directive. And how now, you know, years later, I've since picked up reading the Bible. Instead of reading books about atheism, for example, or other books that are worldly or rooted in worldly things, I've since started reading scripture, which is the root and foundation of everything in our lives as Christians and filling my head with that, filling my heart with the word of God and really Jesus coming alive for me in my own personal prayer life, my own reflection with him has changed my life. Mm -hmm. Now -hmm. you were giving examples about reading secular things, but you can be reading things about the faith and that's not the same as reading scripture Yeah, because as you're saying, there's a primacy to scripture That's the word of God. Everything else is just like expounding upon the word of God or people sharing their experience of faith. And those are good things. We need those things, Mm. but we primarily need the word. Totally. So one of the questions that you and I get asked a lot because we are like staking our lives on this, we're, we're staking everything on this truth that we as Catholic Christians need to be in the Word daily. Jenna, how do you start reading the Bible? Right. Where Where do you start? Where do you start? Mm -hmm. So we want to answer that. Okay, where would you start? I think you and I would both agree that the place to start is in the Gospels. First of all, it's the life of Christ. It's told in a narrative form. So it's got those story features that we like in things that we read. It's easy to read in that way. You don't have to be a historian or a scripture scholar. You're just reading the story of the life of Christ, the true account of the life of Christ. And you're going to get to know him. So I would say start with the Gospels. Now, you have a particular recommendation in the Gospels. You would start with... I changed it on that call since you called me out on Teachable Tuesday. What? Yeah, I said Matthew on Teachable Tuesday. You were like, not Mark. And I was like, no. So then when I did that talk on prayer... I said Mark. Okay. I, I, of you. I was like, Beth would tell me, not Mark. 
So instead, I just started with Mark. I wouldn't consider that calling out. No, not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just reminding me I just that met- I really like Mark. Yes, that's all. I was just thinking, oh, I'm surprised because I know that you love the gospel of Mark. That's a good one. He's to the point. He's clear. I really like that. So uh, listen, I think a big selling point for Mark would be that it's only 16 chapters. So I think it feels less intimidating. It's short, like you're saying, to the point, 16 chapters. I can read that. Totally. And it's full of goodness. Amen. Mark 5, best ever. Your life verse is found in Mark 5. Yeah. It's Mark 5, 41, when Jesus raises a girl from the dead. And he says, Talitha kum, which means little girl arise, Mm -hmm. which I love because just anytime I feel knocked down, anytime I feel like I've failed, anytime I even just feel discouragement or despair in my life, I can close my eyes and imagine being that little girl on the bed and Mm. Jesus just reaching over and saying, little girl, arise. Like I'm right here. I've never left and I'm going to get you up. It doesn't have to be on your own. You don't have to like be self-sufficient, pick up your bootstraps. I'm helping you up. So it's always just been something I cling to often, which has been cool. And so when we did BISVBS and read Mark, it became so much fuller even. Mm. It was always just something I had found and like tacked on. Never actually read Mark when I found this verse and tattooed it on my wrist (laughs) as like a 19-year-old. And now reading scripture, it just has so much more depth and imagery and context maybe yeah has yeah. context and beauty what's your life verse would you say start with romans well i gotta tell you something i've actually been thinking a lot about my life verse and i think i'm a little jealous of your life verse like it's very beautiful and personal and actionable i love it yeah and my life verse is Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. And I would say that Romans 8, 28 has framed my life. It's my lens. In fact, I was just thinking about something and like how it's going to work out or I don't know, you know how we do. And immediately the answer to it was Romans 8, 28. And I just said that verse to myself and it like brought me a lot of peace. So now I'm like, gosh, maybe it is a pretty good verse. It is a good one. I think where I've kind of struggled and thought maybe I need a different life verse, I don't think that verse has to diminish pain or hardship. I think it actually is about embracing pain or hardship to say, this is awful. That was unfair. That shouldn't have happened. But God will make it work together for good. It's a promise. And I think maybe where I've struggled with that verse is like using it Mm. to skip over the pain. I was shopping for a new life verse, but I think I'm back to Romans 8.28. Sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Romans is hard for me, I got to be honest. Okay. Well, you know where I would have started? I would have told people to start reading Acts because that's where I fell in love with reading scripture. And I think we just, we pass along the things that have been special and important to us. So I sat down one night with my Bible on my little love seat as a youth minister and thought, If I'm teaching the word, I should be reading it. (laughs) And not, like you described, like kind of cherry picking stories or verses that just support whatever I'm talking about. Like I need the full picture here. So I sat down 
thinking, okay, this is going to be the start of me reading the book of Acts, and I just read it in one sitting. It was just the power of the Holy Spirit, which makes perfect sense in reading the book of Acts, that I would be moved and inspired by the Holy Spirit reading that particular book. But you didn't love Acts when we read it. I didn't. (laughs) But I do love the Holy Spirit. Of course, goes without saying. So for me, Acts was a great starting place. I think it's really exciting. I think a part of what made Acts so special is because I read it like a book. I read it like sitting down like I would read a couple of chapters of a book. But I'm not sure I would flip there and necessarily pull out certain things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in general, I think our consensus would be to start with reading a gospel. Absolutely. Which gospel would you say? I would probably agree with you about Mark. There's like a crispness to that gospel. Nothing's wasted in that gospel. Actually, in prayer the other night, the Lord said this really beautiful thing to me. You know, I like live in the gospel of John. A lot of times he'll just give me a chapter and a verse, and it's almost always from John. Mm. And that could be because I spend so much time in John 13 to 17 that that's become very familiar to me, you know? And I was kind of having this like interior battle thinking, you know, am I just making this up? Do I just want to read that? Is that just because I'm in it? Do you know what I mean? Totally. And the Lord just gave me to understand I'm in John all the time because I'm the beloved and John is the beloved disciple. And suddenly everything else made sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he gave me this whole breakdown. It was like a word and a broader understanding. So anyway, John is everything to me. The language, the poetry of it, the imagery, it is deep and theological But I think if you have a feeling heart, an artistic heart, that might be a good place for you. There's a lot of mystery in John. So if that appeals to you as a person, in your personality, John would be a good place for you. But okay, I would still say Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So the consensus is, start in Mark. If you would like to read along with Beth and me, we did a virtual Bible study, and it's all on YouTube, youtube.com slash she. And we just read a chapter a day and talked about one takeaway. It's really that simple to read scripture. You don't have to know the whole historical context. You you don't have to know which prophet Jesus is referencing. You, You don't have to be a scholar to read scripture. It's alive. It's active. When we read it, it becomes activated in our life, in our circumstances. It's meant for you right now in this season. So whatever you read, the Lord is going to make all things work together for your good. There you go. (laughs) See what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I've been realizing in this crazy quarantine time? Oh, especially as we've been, you know, away from the sacraments. I've like realized that scripture is a metric for my spiritual life. You can be in a routine and go to mass. I'm not trying to knock the mass at all, but... (laughs) It's just what you do. It's like the culture. And you know, like mysteriously in the depths of you that you need the sacrament. But you could be there and not be all there. But it's very hard to talk yourself into reading scripture if you're not there. Do you know what I mean by that? Super hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've noticed like I really struggle if I'm not daily in the word. And I think people are probably hearing me say that and thinking that means I'm very committed to the word. (laughs) I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying I haven't been very faithful to the word and it shows. 
I've been struggling with reading scripture this quarantine as well. Mostly because I've been stuck in John. <laughs> I can't get out of it. <laughs> it's too deep a well for yeah. me. Yeah. Even if you don't want to watch BISVBS and do it alongside Beth and me, I've realized in this quarantine time where John has been hard for me to read. I'm like, I just need to put John to the side for now. Let me just get into some epistles. I read Hebrews, also very dense, Yeah, (laughs) but I read it all. Anyway, my point was I read it in one sitting, just like you did with Acts. Yeah, I didn't feel or put a pressure on myself to read just one chapter a day or to find a takeaway in one chapter, like to stay there and tell myself these like rules, if you will. Instead, I was just like, okay, I'm struggling with these books. I'm going to set them aside for now. And I'll just read Hebrews. Then I moved on to James. And it's just been nice. I'm underlining. I'm highlighting. I'm really thinking about these certain verses that are touching me. Something that's been really helpful is every week, you, Nell, and I share something that we're loving in Scripture. And so it's so easy. We just share one thing we're reading that's touching us. And so when I'm prompted to share that, I go back to my Bible. And I'm like, okay, what did I underline recently? And to just say it aloud is so helpful. It ingrains it so much more in my brain to talk about, oh yeah, and James, I really loved this verse. And it was really touching to me about gossip Mm -hmm. and convicting to me about not gossiping. And that's something I shared weeks ago, but it's still something that's ingrained in me because I said it out loud. So I don't think we have to have this pressure of like, how do I read scripture correctly? There's no correct way to do it. Yes. You just open it up. If you want to do one chapter, something stands out to you and you think, wow, that was incredible. Sit with that. Stay with that. If there's nothing, keep reading. Totally. You're saying exactly what I'm feeling and thinking, which is, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do it the right way. How do I study scripture? How do I read the Bible? You just do it. And that might mean sitting down and reading through a couple of chapters or a whole book. It might mean that you read one account, one paragraph in one book that something really moved you and you stop and you stay with that and you have a conversation with the Lord about it. You don't have to move on, just like you don't have to stay put. So I think what we do in VBS is sort of the beginning of like this prayer practice in the church called Lexio Divina. And that would be prayerfully reading scripture. Basically, we just give you the start, which is to find something that speaks to you and then to stay with it. Did you know, Jenna, that Lexio Divina is just Latin for divine reading? So the four steps are reading, meditation, contemplation, prayer. Okay, so you read, you reflect on what you read, then you think about what you read. That's contemplation. You're like inviting the Lord into that. And then you talk to him about it. You pray. Pretty simple stuff. That's cool. Yeah. But again, I, I think even Lexio Divina sounds intimidating. It's like, what was the fourth step? I mean, maybe that's just me. But I think it's okay to just read until something touches your heart. And if nothing does, to say that to the Lord. God, I don't know. This feels very dry and inaccessible. I don't know what I'm doing. I've noticed that things that, quote, touch my heart are different each time as well. It could be a word. It could be a phrase. It could be something where I'm 
putting myself in the story. And I'm like, that's really beautiful as like Talitha Kuma is for me. So again, there's no formula. It's reading just like if you were to read a book and you're like, wow, that was a really beautiful scene. Just like that. I was just going to say what you described about Mark 541 you're describing Ignatian contemplation, which again, sounds like this very fancy formulaic prayer, but it literally means to just put yourself in the scene. So now you're interacting with Jesus. And sometimes you're saying the words on the page and you're seeing imaginatively with the help of the Holy Spirit, that scene play out. And sometimes you're just using that setting to have a personal encounter with Jesus and talk about something in your real life. You can do that too. The options are endless. It's just you opening up a Bible. You can start at Mark. You can start at Genesis. In summation, the only wrong way to read scripture. Let's hear it, girl. Is to not read scripture. Boom. There it is. Okay, so I just want to invite you. You don't have to like even feel like doing it. Just do it. I just read Mark 1, 1 through 8. And it's powerful. Why don't you read one through eight and then we'll do it. I'll tell you my takeaway. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, appeared, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that was just one through eight. Did anything stand out to you, Beth? I mean, I had a lot of thoughts and feelings because, you know, I have a love affair with John the Baptist. Right. But I think this time I heard prepare the way of the Lord for me, that he's calling me to make ready the way for the Lord to be known to other people. Mm. So I do that like in my friendship, as a daughter, just as a human being, acting with integrity and love, that makes way for the Lord to be known. You know? That's beautiful. I'm thinking too in terms of the well and getting ready to like walk with these women. There have been moments along the way where I feel like, I hope this is like good. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Like, What do I have to offer? Like a genuine moment of, I think, spiritual poverty. And the Lord just saying, like, you're just making way for me to do it. It's like, I'm not even doing it. I'm just making the way. I'm making his path straight so that they can encounter him. They're not encountering me. So the pressure is off of me. But I can make the path straight and prepare the way for him. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was it for me this time. What about you? I've just been in love with the Holy Spirit recently. So I am here for it to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. 
See, I didn't even hear that. Did he say that? Yeah, it's oh. the last line. Yeah. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm just blown away that Peter was just this silly fisherman guy. Then he got the Holy Spirit. Everything changed. Wow. You know? Yeah. I want that every day. Yes. Well, I just encourage you to go do this. You know, I'm excited to hear what people's takeaway from Mark 1, 1 through 8 is. Let us know. HMU. Hit us up. You. H-U-U. Wow. All right, let's Should we pray. pray? <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and prepare a way in our own hearts to encounter you, God? Jesus, we want you to come. We want you to come and to live on the inside of us, and we want to live as St. John the Baptist did, making a way for you. And to do that, Lord, we need the fire of your Holy Spirit. We need to be purified. We need to be activated in your Spirit. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon every woman, every heart listening to this podcast, every woman who hears these words, uh, your words from Mark 1, that they would encounter you, Jesus, the living God, in the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that as we read your word, our lives would never be the same. Renew in us a fire and a desire to read the word, God. Thank you, Lord. We need you. Your, your word is our food. Mm-hmm. In this time that we've, some of us have been away from receiving your precious body and blood, direct our hearts more and more to feed on your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And I was just remembering that his word is a lamp. We can't see anything if we're not reading it. So true. Just a little lamp. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love you, Beth. Love you, Jenna. Thanks for chatting. Always. Chat soon. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.